Hi everyone, I'm Lucas Mack and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, talking about treating people like people, one of the people that is influential in any young person's life is their coach. And today we have the inspirational coach, author, podcast host, business leader, entrepreneur, Christopher Worth. He is the president of No Quit Living, and he is joining to share his no quit story and where he's come from. So Christopher, thank you so much for joining the Golden Rule Revolution today. I appreciate it, man. It's an honor to be here, and uh, I'm excited about getting after with you. Yeah, same, same. So tell me, where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Westchester, New York, which is about 35 minutes north of New York City. And were you always interested in sports? Was that a big thing in your life growing up? Yeah, I, uh, um, I had two parents that were very active. They were always doing stuff. We were always out doing different sports. And from an early age, I just, I, I don't know what it was about sports. It definitely was some of the competition. I think it was also along the lines of just trying to get better. But I have an older sister and basically, I played on some of her younger teams as, as uh, you know, a year, two years uh, below her. And for me, it just, I fell in love with basketball and baseball and football and tennis. And, and I just really loved the competition component of it. And for me, I got three young kids and they're all doing a lot of sports already and, and our weekends. And it's kind of like, I'm, I'm literally going here and there. And I'm just like, what's going on? <laughs> no, totally, man. We, we have three kids too. And it's, it's it's hard to keep up with wait where are we going like weekends i need a i need a weekend from the weekend sometimes you know i i want to i want to figure out a way to get you know saturday sunday and then like sunday too where i can just sit <laughs> yeah. on the couch and, and nap for a little bit because all of a sudden it's like eight o'clock on sunday night and i'm exhausted and i'm like i didn't get to do any of the 14 <laughs> things i wanted to do right no i completely get it you know i think um talking about team sports specifically they're I mean, all athletics are, are great. The individual sports are great. Um, but there's something about team sports that, that can and hopefully does level the playing field with people where they, they understand how to work together and, and communicate together and, and really bond together, which is sometimes lacking in our society as, as a whole. Where did you, where did you first because now you became a coach, but as a player, growing up, like when, when you were young, where did you first start to develop that broader context of, you know, athletics and team and, and sportsmanship? You know, it was, it was definitely, as I, as I said before, it was definitely growing up and my father coached me in everything other than football. Um, and when I was in a, when I was a rising 10th grader, so I was in ninth grade, my best friend played in the NBA for, for a few years. And he was uh, about, or was, he's about 12 years older than me. And I started working with him, in essence, running his basketball camp. So we kind of used his name. He played on the New York Knicks, which was a local team for us. So we kind of had a lot of notoriety from just his name. But I started running the actual camps myself he was there you know he was he was a figure he was involved but I was actually running it and I enjoyed the that aspect of it and then fast forward a 
uh, a year and a half from that point, my brother, who's quite a few years younger than me, I started coaching his AAU team as first an assistant coach with a buddy of mine who was two years older than me, another college basketball player and, and a local um, high school player that was a couple years older than me. And I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's the bug or not, but I enjoyed the, the coaching perspective of it. And for me, similar to anything, and, and I, I do a lot of work with businesses in the business world, and it's the, same, it's the same concept, whether you're on a sports team, on a sales team, on an advertising team, whether you're a startup company or whether you're an established company. For me, there's so many similarities and things that overlap. And, and we didn't, I didn't share this with you before we went live, but I've been working with three college basketball teams for the last two years. And it's really, really interesting because I get a chance to do some of the work both on the court with the players, but also in the locker room or kind of in the boardroom with people. And I'm going through that aspect and it's the same literally whether you're in a basketball court or you're in a meeting. And for me, it's just, there's so many similarities, but it all goes back to literally, you know, when I was 11, 12, 13, and you're learning the foundation of what it is to be a teammate, what it is to be, you know, a good teammate, what it is when the kid strikes out, you know, when you're young, you want to be like, Oh, you stink or, you know, come on. But (laughs) realize there's different ways to do it. And, And for me, I don't know anything better than sports that's a better overlap or almost identical to almost all facets of life. Hmm. Do you, um, I think sports is, is um, it's, it's a great teacher uh, uh, lessons of life. It's also um, can, I think, skew people's reality sometimes because when we see professional athletics for instance or when we see those snapshots on tv the highlight reel even you know if you watch a full game we're not seeing all the hours that are put in the count with the the sacrifice the the getting up when they're don't want to get up the staying late and working and and even being an um a student you know you have to be a student athlete all these things that we don't see behind the scenes how important have you found it to be for the all the athletes that you've encountered, all the work that they put in behind the scenes for them to be successful on the scene? You know, I'm so glad you, you touched on that because I talk about that all the time is there's pros and cons of everything. And unfortunately, I feel one of, the, one of the negatives of social media is everybody sees the championship trophy presentation and they see the player receiving or passing from teammate to teammate and it looks good and it's amazing and you see the guys doing champagne but what you don't see all the time is all the other stuff and I shared a quick story with you or a quick conversation with you about a gentleman a friend of mine Alan Stein Jr. which I want to just touch on real quick so Alan was a was is a basketball coach he's now a professional speaker and a coach working with companies and organizations and doing really well on the speaking circuit but he was on my podcast and he was talking about how he was working at a lot of those Nike camps and he had the fortune I think it was 2007 or 8 or maybe 6 and he was at a Nike camp and Kobe Bryant was there and and at the time Kobe Bryant was still then the number one basketball player in the world Michael Jordan had just I think finished his last of his 27 retirements and LeBron <laughs> wasn't uh, wasn't who he was yet, but he had an opportunity to speak to Kobe and he said, can I work, can I watch you um, love to see you work out tomorrow? So Kobe said, sure, no problem. And he said he was working out at, I believe five or 6 AM. And Alan said he got there about 15, 20 minutes early. 
and he heard the ball bouncing and he was kind of surprised by that. And he said he walked in the gym and he said Kobe was in a full dead on sweat and you could tell he had already had been there for at least a half an hour before it was supposed to start getting after it. And then Alan didn't disrupt the workout. He just watched, took notes and Kobe came over and they talked and he, and he said something interesting to Kobe and he said, now I don't mean this in any disrespect. He said, but your workout was very basic. And he said, you went over you know, the fundamentals and he said, don't get me wrong. He's like, you did it at an incredibly high level. And he said, but, but it was very basic. And he went through the fundamentals and he said, Kobe, without even hesitating, looked at him and said, why do you think I'm the best basketball player in the world? And he said, because I've mastered the fundamentals and the basics, which allows me to, and, and to your question, a little bit long winded, but that's what people don't realize is it takes hours and hours and hours. And I forget what, what it was I was watching, but I was watching some YouTube video and it started off, it was a motivational video and it was dark and it was a kid working out. And the, the voiceover was talking about like, this is when it happens. It's when it's dark. And then at the mm-hmm. end of the day, the kid was working out again. He like, they showed him having dinner with his parents, doing homework. And then he went out, it was a basketball player and he went out and he was crushing it at, you know, seven or eight o'clock at night. And basically the gist of it is people don't see that. And I think that's the difference of good you know, versus average, good versus great, and great versus the best is it's it's that little bit of extra. And I think the teams that I've worked with on the collegiate level, the reason some of them are average and good versus the very best of the best is they focus on so much of the behind the scenes work that we don't ever see. Mm. For <clears throat> let's talk about because I think this is related the where you came up with no quit living because to be the best. Or to be great, you can't quit. <laughs> you have to keep going. So where did you come up with that for your business? Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of cool, uh, quick little story. So I'm a huge quotes guy. I think I still to this day subscribe to probably, I mean, I have so many different email addresses, probably 10, 11, 12 different emails of the day, e- uh, quotes of the day, quotes of the week. Hmm. And I saw this quote and it's actually on my, on my stationery. It's by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. It's always too early to quit. Hmm. And I just got a new vehicle. I think it was probably, I want to say 2007, 2008. And I've never had a uh, license plate other than whatever just gets assigned to me. So I was like, you know, I'm going to get a vanity plate. And I looked and I found no quit. And it was no dash quit. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. And then I started my my coaching, speaking and training business. And initially I was going to have it no quit capital just because kind of the monetary piece. But then I realized that it didn't have a lot of, or it had, had a specific focus on, on the money side. So I, I switched it over to no quit living. And ironically, I don't talk about politics or religion, especially on my show or, or anybody's show, because you could start World War Ten. But <laughs> I believe that sometimes things just kind of happen. So I created this company named No Quit Living, and it just took off. And ironically, my podcast, the second question I ask everybody, no matter who the guest is, amazingly famous or just you know a normal person is what's their no quit story and Mm. so many people have just bought into the whole no quit concept and the reality is the most successful people in all walks of life young old famous not famous white black i don't care religion everybody that's successful has failed more often than not but it's the fact that they keep on getting up and they don't quit and they learn every single time and there's a famous quote is i don't lose either i either I win or I learn. And I think for, for me, that's literally what, what I've been kind of trying to preach to people. And that's, you know, the number one objective of our show of of our company and our show is to positively motivate and inspire people to never give up on themselves, 
their goals or their dreams. And the best way I feel is through story and everybody connects with people. And that's my number one goal every day with our podcast is somebody listens and they connect with at least one person or something that the guests had said. That is, that's awesome. <clears throat> you know, this, um, the, t- the day and age that we're living in right now, I was talking to someone yesterday, it's fascinating where the younger generations are coming up, and I, and I don't mean to sound old, uh, however, in my elder statesman year of 37 years old on this earth, I, I really think for the past 20 years, specifically, there's been this narrative of the heroes in, in media and culture and, and starting in even cartoons for kids all have a supernatural or they're all superheroes. They're, you know, they're mutants or they're, they have some extra power, but the real heroes are, we're missing, I think that Rocky story again, the, the, just the grit and determination and just the, you know, I want to go the distance and that's success. If I go to the distance, it's not about being the best. It's that I just want to go toe to toe with the champ and not quit. And what you're doing is I uh, think it's awesome. It's more powerful. I think than just hearing the stories it's, I think inserting a narrative back in to society that says you don't need something extra to be great. You just need to keep going and not quit. So I just want to affirm you and say that's, it's awesome. I, I started thinking about Rocky while you're talking to me. <laughs> I got to, uh, I got to share just, uh, I know you're a, you're a sports guy, sports guy. So I got to share the story with you. Um, my father and my mother are very involved in the Broadway world in New York city. They've produced quite a few shows. They've been fortunate to win a couple of Tonys and mm. a guest of mine, a gentleman by the name of Nick Nanton is very involved in movie production and he does a lot of books, uh, not himself, does them but his company um creates them and and they promote them and advertise them and he was on my show and i put him in touch with my father because he had an idea he wanted to bring a one-man show to broadway for only one night and the show that it turned out to be was the real rudy from the football movie so i'll tell you this amazing story so monday prior to the following tuesday i interviewed rudy on my show on, on monday morning his show came out the very next day, Tuesday, but then the following Tuesday was the actual live show. And I got a chance to spend about two hours with him before his one man show on stage with him hanging out. I mean, he comes up to hear on me. He's, he's 70 years old, but his story epitomizes just not giving up a guy that basically came from nothing. He was to his, to his reasoning an okay high school football player. But what he had more so than everybody that didn't have that on his team, high school, colleges, he just didn't give up. Mm. And the interesting thing that I didn't know about the story, most people don't know, and, and we talked offline quite a bit, movies are very difficult to get everything across. But he said something to me, and most people don't know this, but in, in the movie, it looks like he was just an average, normal college student, but he was actually in the military, and then he came back to college and he was 27 years old when he played in the only game he ever played in. And he said to me, wow. Chris, he said, it took me 27 years to play 27 seconds. <laughs> and the best part about, about con- continuing getting a good relationship with him, we, we, we speak all the time now, we text. He's just such a good dude. But what he said to me, which is the truth, is after the movie, 
he did some odds, odds and ends jobs. I think he sold insurance. He did different things. But when they decided to make the movie, it took him 10 years to get the movie made. But the best part about the 10 years is he finally, near the end, got a studio to agree to do the movie. And they then said to him, oh, the footnote is you have 48 hours to get Notre Dame um, on board. Wow. So someone asked me, I told this story a couple weeks ago, I said, how do you do that? He said, there's no like movie rights, you know, department at Notre Dame. There's no like right. 1-800, you know, would you like to have Notre Dame in a movie? So, but, but he, he just epitomizes the, the story of just not giving up. And I think that's what you said about kids and movies and cartoons and things is, yeah, it's good to aspire to be things, but the reality is 99.9 of us don't have a six foot seven height or don't have the ability to throw 101 mile an hour fastball, but every single one of us has the ability not to not quit and get back up. Hmm. That's good. That, uh, that's all. First of all, it's awesome that you've gotten to know him. That is, uh, that is tremendous. And, and yeah, Rudy, Rocky, like those movies of just grit and determination against everyone sticking a finger in your face and saying, what do you think you're better than me? Or who do you think you are? You don't deserve this. Or you don't belong here, but just to have the internal drive that, um, that's what, we need more of right now. That's what our, I mean, I, one of the things I talk about on the show is the suicide rates higher in the United States than it's ever been. And, um, somewhat I attempted when I was 20 years old and survived. And that's part of my no quit story is, uh, tried to quit and, and was unsuccessful and, and had to figure out life after that. Um, thankfully I was unsuccessful in quitting, but, um, yeah, we need more of this overcoming adversity. We need more people saying, let's go the distance and let's do it together. You know, you just said something and I appreciate you. I did not know that about your past. So thank you for, for sharing that. And I, when you record on my show, you know, I'm excited to kind of hear your story more, but what you just said literally is, is kind of what I talk about all the time is I'm going through a tough personal time right now. And everybody out there has challenges and has obstacles. And I don't want to say, or come across that you know everybody's life is terrible, but the reality is we all have those things on a daily or a weekly basis that that really push us to our breaking point and to our quitting point. And the one thing that I realize is what we don't know is we don't know what other people are going through. Mm -hmm. So that guy cuts you off in traffic, or he you know he's rushing out of the door, the gym or something, and he doesn't hold the door open. You know, part of you that wants to be like, all right, you know, thanks a lot, you know, jackass. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what people are facing. And the, the challenge I have with social media is everybody posts the great stuff. It's kind of like yeah. we said, we yeah. the trophy. But for me, when I get the ch chance to connect with people that are vulnerable and real, that's where you learn. That's where you become better. But more importantly, that's where you connect with others, right? Yes. So you yes. and I connect based on, you know, a challenge, an obstacle. You know what? I was going through something similar or a buddy of mine was, you know, let me give you some you know, advice or maybe read this book or talk to this person. But yes. what we need more of in our country, you know, in the world, yes. too, more of in our country is we need more people that are going to bond together in positive change through what I call positive action as opposed to negative influence. And mm -hmm. Zig Ziglar, who I had the fortune of, of connecting with before he passed, we exchanged some letters uh, and things. And I had his son, Tom, on my show. Zig Ziglar was, was probably 
one of, if not the greatest speakers of all time. Right. Amazing author. But what he said was, he said, don't be against somebody before somebody. Hmm. And I remember the first couple of times I was probably in my mid, probably in my early mid twenties. I didn't really, really grasp it. It wasn't until later, but he said something else. He said, elections have been swayed and won because there's so much anti against this one person. All of a sudden that person, he or she becomes the focal point. And he said something about jokingly, but about he's a big, he was a big Dallas Cowboys fan because he lived down in Texas. But he said, instead of rooting against the team, root for your team. Now it doesn't mean you root for the other team and say, yeah, you know, I hope that, you know, they win too, but you can say, look, I want my team to win without saying, I hope your team. And that's the thing where it's, it's about making a positive difference as opposed to just fanning, fanning negativity. And I always tell people in that, and I do quite a bit of work with, with schools and I want to get, get more involved with schools, middle age, middle school and above, but it's, instead of being anti something and talking about how bad something is be for something else. And, and the analogy I give because everybody sees it is the last election, every, everything was they hate Hillary or they hate Donald. There was yeah. no middle ground. There was no, you know, I'm not a big fan of Donald. This is why, why I think you know, Hillary should win. It was the flip side of, you know, Hillary Clinton is horrible. She's a criminal. Donald yeah. Trump is perfect. And yeah. The reality of, of what it is is flip the script. So so if you are not a big fan of Hillary's beliefs because of X Y Z, that's fine. But instead of saying that, saying you know I think Donald Trump has better views when it comes to business or this, and I tell people all the time is don't don't pour gasoline on the negativity. Instead, you know, go switch lanes and say hey you know what I want to do something. And I challenge people all the time from stage from when we're in companies is all right. So you don't like this or this doesn't make sense to you. What can you do in a positive way? And literally, people like, wait, I have to do something? No, I just want to. I just want to say how I hate this and how this is not good. And I always challenge myself. That's fine. You can think that, but let's think about something positive. That's right. That's uh, we. You're, you're reminding me of all these all these people. Uh, ben, Benjamin Franklin said, "Instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle." That is what you're saying. We need to focus on the good and and. And it's I don't not, think I've heard, not to cut you off for a second. I don't think I've heard that quote. I got to. Oh, gonna, yeah. It's uh, instead it. of cursing the darkness, light a candle. And he actually, he came up with that quote after spending time with George Whitfield. And George Whitfield was him and uh, John Wesley were the preachers that came and started the Great Awakening in, in the Great Britain in, in America. And, and it's this narrative of, I mean, I talk there's a, there's a lot of religious rhetoric where usually it's people, you know, there's some good religious rhetoric out there. And one of those, you know, there's this term that Jesus said, you know, um, you're the light of the world. I heard someone say one time and I said, light of the world. I'm like, man, there was no electricity when he said that there was no, like you can flip a switch and just have light. He's talking about fire and you, to have fire, I love uh, survival shows. These guys are out there grinding, you know, like whittling sticks, or they're they're, they're they get this little ember. It's like a newborn child. They're like talking to it and blowing on it, and I'm like, that is how precious and much work it takes to create light. And we need more people to to light their own candle and not curse the darkness. So, like you're saying, not not root against another team root for your team or be a good person don't attack bad people just be man like i i joke around kind of you we got a nelson we got a mahatma gandhi this bad boy we got to be the change you want to see and um that is 
I'm just glad you're doing what you're doing. And especially, I hope you get in schools and I hope you're in every school across America that the youth can hear. Um, you only have enemies cause you make them your enemy. You know, uh, Abraham Lincoln said, do I not destroy my enemies by making them my friends? Like, dude, yeah, go destroy all your enemies. Just I th- do it by I making think, them your friends. <laughs> I think you and I are, are brothers from another mother because <laughs> we studied like three quotes in like three minutes. And, uh, no, I, but, but all jokes aside, I, I'm so passionate about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And mm. it's not from a, it's funny. It's, it's not from a selfish perspective. And I post a ton of different stuff. I have a social media team that does a lot of my things as well, but what I've realized is the only way to combat negativity and, you know, those, you know, energy vampires and people that always want to focus on the negativity is like you just said with Abraham Lincoln's quote is if you befriend somebody, if you take somebody and say, Hey, look, you don't need to love me, like me, we don't need to be best friends, but there's a different way to do this. And you can still listen and believe what you want, but there's a different way to do it. And I was on somebody's show I believe probably two and a half weeks ago now. And he asked me, he said, all right, I'm going to put you on a spot. And he said, you know, what's your one superpower you'd like to have and, and, you know, give to the world per se. He, he asked the question way better than that, but I'm, I'm just giving a brief overview. And I said to him, I said, I know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I said, it would be improving communication. And I stopped and he, and he was like, and I said, that's it. I said, our problem in society, in the world, in our country is I'm listening to you or you're talking and I'm not listening to you. I don't care what you're saying. All I'm watching is your mouth. And as soon as you stop moving, I just jump in with my rebuttal. <laughs> and what I talked to him, when, and we went into a little bit of detail, I said, at the end of that conversation, Lucas and Chris, Mike and Bill, you might still have different opinions. You don't need to say, you know what? I heard what you said. I'm totally changing my team. I love your team. You know, right. And you're right. You could still have a difference of opinion. You could still say, you know what? I really understand your opinion. I'm so glad we spoke and I I really listened to you. I appreciate you listening to me. I still, you know, differ. I'm on the other side of the fence, but now I understand where you're coming from. And that's the problem in our, in our world is it's, it's good or bad, right or wrong. There's no middle ground. And it, and the idea of communicating is listening. And you've heard this and I know you're a quote guy just because we talk, but you know, you have one mouth and two ears for a reason you have one mouth, two eyes for a reason. We all need to listen more and see things and watch things more as opposed to talking more. And that's the biggest thing I, I want to get through the schools too is have a constructive conversation. Have an open dialogue where I don't agree with what you're saying 100%, but I hear you 100%. Yeah. You don't agree with what I say 100%, but you've now heard me 100%. And now we can shake hands and we can part ways, we can go on to the recess you know, fields, and we can still be friends, but we don't have to agree on everything. And that's what makes our country, the world great, is different yes. opinions. Yes. People like different music, different yes. food. But it doesn't have to be, oh, so you like Italian food, but I really don't. Well, well you're a bad person because you, know, you right. like something. That's, dude, I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're talking. I, I told my, my oldest, uh, oldest daughter, I said, you know, why is the rainbow beautiful? What makes a rainbow beautiful? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, here's why I think the rainbow is beautiful. It's the diversity of color bending in unison. It is not linear. It's not straight line. Every, we think life should be 
straight and easy and just no bumps. But all those colors bend and move together in unison. And I said, if it was all orange, like, oh, there's the orange color, but it's the multicolor. It's all the diversity when we can, you know, you might be purple and the, the rainbow and I might be red and might be a yellow and you might love the purple, but have the greater context in that, in the diversity, that's where the beauty comes from. When we can work together, when we can appreciate each other, when we can, when we can compete, but compete in a healthy way, compete in a, uh, you know, um, sportsman-like way, you know, bringing back the sports, you know, into this, that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, and that's, that's the thing I love, I love about sports is I, you know, I shared it before competition obviously is what it is, but you can compete in a professional way. You can compete in a fair way. You can compete in an honest and real way. Yeah, of course, if someone asked, I don't care if the kid's 12 or if it's a professional athlete, would you rather win or lose? I don't know anybody who said, you know what, going into the game, I, I, I really want to lose. But That's right. When I look at people and I watch people, and obviously you and I are, are basketball guys, but I watch all different sports and some of the things I absolutely admire, and I'm a huge tennis fan. I played basketball and tennis in college, and my favorite um, tennis player of all time is Rafael Nadal, and mm. I respect the heck out of Roger Federer and Djokovic, and those are, I think – will go down, hands down, the three best men's tennis players ever. They've lost to each other so many times, and they do it in such a professional, positive, but the word I want to use, they do it in a respectful way. They mm. can still go into the locker room upset, disappointed, frustrated, and think about it for the next you know, two weeks probably nonstop. Right. But in front of people, the kids, the adults, the TV, the media, the newspaper, they're watching these guys and they're saying, wow, Rafael Nadal just got his butt kicked or Roger Federer just got, you know, smacked and he's giving the guy a hug. And then in the, in the trophy presentation, he's saying, yeah, he was just better than me today. You know, I didn't, I brought my best game, but his best was just better. And as I watch that, my kids are 10, eight and six. Mm. I hope that we can focus more on that as opposed to the negativity of, Oh, well, you know, the refs blew the call. And if it wasn't for this, and again, certain things happen, but we just need to really like bond together and, and say, Hey, there's a better way to do this. And I think, you know, shows like yours and, and other shows I've been on and hopefully our show is it just gets people to think that, you know, there's different ways to do it and there's not a right or wrong. Right. But the one thing I will say when it comes to right or wrong, the negativity and hatred, that's wrong. Right. That's yeah. The, the black and white is uh, extended to hatred and, and hating another, but everything else is, yeah, there's, that's, um, I heard uh, someone say, you know, living gray in a black and white world uh, or living black and white in a gray world. <laughs> they were trying to live black and, right, black and white in a gray world. And I'm like, man, I don't know. That's, that's, a, tough, that's a tough go. <laughs> you know, but if you can live gray in a black and white world where there, is, there are absolutes, you know, hate is an absolute that is, doesn't belong but we're never one or the other and we can hopefully walk people more towards good and inspiration and love and positivity and, and not quitting versus those that choose to keep perpetuating the negativity and walk them towards the quitting and the, and all those things. Um, so brother, how can, first of all, how can people find you and connect with you? And then hopefully whoever's listening, I hope you hire Chris to come speak at your event or association or your company? How, how can people connect with you? 
Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's awesome. So uh, the, the easiest way is, is via our website. It's just noquitliving.com. I'm very active on Instagram, no.quit.living. Um, you can also just search No Quit Living. And then obviously we have our podcast, same, same name. It's on Google Play, Stitcher, or, or you can get it on iTunes. But I, you know, I give out my personal email all the time. It's chris at noquitliving.com. And the reason I do that is when I started my, my mission in my company, I reached out to so many people that were successful authors, speakers, and I literally found their email address or their physical address, sent them a note, called them. And, and I was incredibly fortunate to have people that, that responded and gave me five minutes mm-hmm. or 10 minutes. So I, I really appreciate that. But, you know, we're just looking to get our, our message out there. And I think for me, doing it via the podcast and speaking professionally and coaching teams and companies and organizations. And I do quite a bit of executive coaching as well. And basically it's just, we're on a mission to, to pay it forward. And it's kind of funny, but that's our, that's been our motto and our theme throughout the last probably six to eight months, but definitely in 2019 is just paying it forward for others with zero expectations in return. And as I said to you, you know, you gotta be careful with politics or religion, but I'm a, I'm a preacher, a pastor, a doctor when it comes to the, the mm. concept of karma in the sense mm. of if you really go about doing things the right way for the right reason, it's going to come back tenfold. And mm. I share this all the time. It might not come back to me. Maybe it comes back to my kids or maybe it comes back yeah. to my kids kids or a business yeah. partner. But the reality is when you go about every day doing the right thing and paying it forward for others, it comes back tenfold. And I've seen that literally day in and day out i get emails i get notes i get things i mean i I got two books today from people that want to be on my show and i'm a voracious reader and getting a book to me is is like you know a kid on uh christmas morning i'm just like like, i posted something the other day in a book and like my buddy's like like i'm posting like he just got a car and he's like hey you see my you're posting a book that you're gonna read like i'm like a jerk you know you're doing something for others and i'm like hey i'm gonna you know kill the emissions and uh, you know, <laughs> exactly well i'm man i'm honored to have you on and i'm i'm thankful we we got connected and and i appreciate you reaching out and that's you're just a great example you're living you're walking your talk and i know that i see it and um yeah i'm excited to connect more with you down the road i appreciate it. i want to just share one thing um just to uh to to your uh, listeners is you and I connected on, on Instagram and I share this and I want to just get this across to any of your listeners or viewers out there is everybody knows the concept of the, the idea of six degrees of separation. And mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer and I talk about it from stage all the time and I have slides and things I do different presentations on. But in today's day and age with technology, you're one degree separated from that person. doesn't mm-hmm. mean it happens like that, but you can get that person's email address, Instagram handle. Facebook address, website, physical address, 1-800 number, on and on and on. But just because you get it, you still have to put the work in. And the reason I share that is you and I are talking right now because of Instagram and we connected. And I don't know if I reached out to you first, you reached out to me first. But the reality is to your listeners or viewers out there, if there is something or somebody that you want to do or accomplish or get to or invent, there's people out there that have done it or are doing it. There's people that you can get help from, get ideas from, just go out and make it happen. And that's literally the first question I ask every guest, every guest on my show is, are you ready to make it happen today? It's awesome. That's good. Brother, thank you. 
Uh, Chris Worth, no quit living. Thank you for joining today. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And uh, keep paying it forward like you're doing, brother. As always, thank you for listening to the Golden Rule Revolution. My name is Lucas Mack, and it is an honor to have you listen. For more information on Chris Worth, go to noquitliving.com. You can Google him. You can find him on Instagram. He's always posting inspirational content, and I'm honored to have him on the show today. And for more information on this podcast or other things that I'm doing, go to lucasmack.com. You'll find everything that I'm up to. A lot of amazing things are taking place as I am committed to making a more positive ripple effect in this world and see people treat people like people and nothing less. I look forward to talking with you on the next episode.